Hello there. Welcome back to Blue Milk Boys, episode six. Kevin, Fredo, and Spencer here. Thank you for joining us this week as we run our uh, our podcast gauntlet. First of uh, three episodes that we're going to be having this week, guys. Uh, we're talking prequel we're talking Star Wars. Trilogy. Yes, we, we are having our own trilogy of, sh- of episodes this week. Um, we're talking prequel Star Wars today, guys. Episodes two and three. We talked Phantom Menace last episode. The reviews were not favorable. It did not stand the test of time. Phantom Menace, bad. Awful. I think we're, we're all in agreement here. Um, so this hopefully... so bad because Jar Jar hijacks the entire movie. We can't even get over it. He even hijacks part of this part of the movie we're about to talk about, too. So... it's awful um so yeah we are talking uh attack of the clones and revenge of the sith today hopefully we fare better today talking about those movies as we did uh talking about phantom menace episode one um no mandalorian talk this episode no new mandalorian episode out that will be friday's episode we'll be talking mandalorian and we might do a little bit of a mailbag or or some sequel talk it depends We're, we're still trying to figure out the schedule uh Fredo, Spencer, how are we doing today, guys? I'm doing pretty good. Um, after all these years, my opinion on episode changes. It, it skewed a bit. So I'm excited to talk about that. Fresh off sucking face for a few hours, Fredo. How was that? <laughs> Let's not talk about this. Let's not blow up Fredo's spot. Spencer, how are you doing, pal? I got to be honest with you. What's up? Contact is like really messing up my eye right now <laughs> are you okay? really badly are you okay took it out and i thought the pain would immediately subside and it is persistent actually you you might so. have to produce some tears that's like the your eye needs like the moisture throw cocoa on guys i'm looking at hayden christensen's imdb page right now uh-huh. i have no idea how this guy got <laughs> i don't know how he got landed to star wars role i gotta be honest I love the I guy. Not accept, I will not accept the slander. <laughs> of Hayden? Yeah, I won't. He was in an episodes of the Goosebumps TV series in uh, 1997. How do we feel about that? Let's analyze it. Let's fuck Star Wars. <laughs> he was in... The episodes he was in were Night of the Living Dummy 3, parts 1 and 2. All right, oh, wow. it's on the podcast. I'll go watch it. We'll convene and we'll talk about it. All right, guys, pause the podcast right now. Go back and watch. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Goose, let's uh, Actually, let's move I'm this along because right uh, what's up? And I'm reading about Hayden right now because I was like any big roles lately. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's because he quit acting himself. Yeah, he like said- Star Wars fans drove him to near lunacy. <laughs> he he explained that. Apparently he, he felt like the like he wanted his career to feel like it was handed to him uh, because Star Wars like opened up so many opportunities for him after and he just said he wants to take a, a break and that's what ended up happening. Apparently they actually came up to him to like appear in Force Awakens and he said no. That would have been fire. Yeah. Maybe we get him in uh, Rise of Skywalker. It seems like he's come around on that because he's been more involved with like the Star Wars brand, uh, you know, especially this yeah. past year. Yeah, it's my it's our joke that like Disney like that was like happening more before the Rise of Skywalker buzz picked up, and we we think that since then 
like since like Star Wars celebration, they've just had Hayden Christensen in like a South American gulag just locked up so he doesn't potentially spoil the movie. <laughs> <laughs> locked up in a, in a in a camp. He's he's up there with Captain Price. Um <laughs> All right, so let's let's we don't want to have 3 hours of podcast for you guys to listen to this week, so let's try and condense it a little bit. Let's get let's hop right into episode 2. We're talking Attack of the Clones today, guys. Very interesting. Very interesting because I think we're all in agreement here. This movie is not as bad as we remember it. It's the best prequel. Right? It's the best prequel by far. It's not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Episode 3 has aged worse since nope. I've watched it again. I, I'm going to tell you, man. Episode 3 is a real stinker, man. Like I, 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 I tell you, I used, to, I used to look back on it with some sort of like pride. I was like, wow, that was kind of like my start, my big Star Wars movie as a kid. And I, 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 like I said, I watched episode two and I watched episode three like one day apart, basically. I watched episode two, then three the next day. Episode two, pretty darn good Star Wars movie. Episode three, it's just, it's all falls apart. I'm not ready to call it that. It falls apart in episode one. I am not ready to call it a good Star Wars movie. Episode I'm ready to say I'm Star Wars movie. I'm willing to say it's better than than what I originally thought it was. I'm not ready to call it like a good one. Yeah. Um. But as far as like you know, our uh, Jesus Christ, just my brain just blue screened. Let me re. Uh, let me bring it back in here, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is going on the blue for real too. <laughs> <clears throat> So, as far as our thoughts on this movie, is anything initially we want to do uh, to get off our chests or on, on Attack of the Clones before we hop into like the more comprehensive discussion? Like, what are your initial thoughts on this rewatch, guys? We'll start with Fredo. Oh, the number one thing for me was how well the CGI has kept up. Like, it's aged really gracefully, in my opinion. In like in context of like Episode One and Episode Three, which they just go completely ham in it. Um, just the explosions throw me off a bit in like the very first scene of the movie with the explosion on Queen Amala, uh, Queen Amala's ship and then another explosion in in Kamino with Obi-Wan versus Jango Fett. And now I'm I'm watching the Jango scene Fett. right now, Jedi on Genosis, and C3PO is his head is attached to a separatist like droid. And now I'm thinking about Rise of Skywalker. That's kind of the, the the direction they want to go to. Oh God, because he's yeah. holding like Chewbacca's bowcaster and shit. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> apparently gonna obliterate uh, the first order. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, I I, um, I really I, I I'm curious about that. JJ did say he wanted to do something they haven't done yet with 3PO, and this is looking oddly similar. Hmm. He's mowing down Jedi here. <laughs> I remember, like one of my one of part of so the movie that I thought was like legitimately funny. In that, it's per, uh, pertains to that scene was like he's on the battle droid body and he's yeah. like shooting at the Jedi. He's like, "Die, Republic dogs!" Yeah. He's like, "Oh God, what am I saying?" <laughs> yeah, that was that funny. Was really funny. Spencer, oh, any man. initial? What are your initial thoughts on? Uh, on Attack of the Clones. I'll say that in response to what Fredo said. Like, yes, I also agree that episode two, um, I think they, they went more for 
there's a more like consensus or like a focus on practical effects versus like super CGI. Other than of course the clones, which we all know is like the worst decision ever made in Star Wars. Basically, that even the close-ups they wouldn't even get a real actor, which is super disappointing. Uh, but I, I will say, it, just in, in the in the beginning of the explosion with uh, who Queen Amidala, right? That's mm-hmm. I I just hate that. I hate it's like. Why start out that way? About that Why not just put it in the cliff notes of the of the opening crawl? Be like, yeah, Queen Amidala was just assassinated, and Padme is like taken foot as like the, the true leader or whatever. The funniest thing about that scene is like they're getting off the ship, and it's like the guy, the bodyguard dude is like, "All right, it's all good, perfectly, nothing to worry about," and the ship immediately blows up. Like, <laughs> all right, guys, okay. You might as well start playing the fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm music after that happens. Yeah. And they changed the the actor, too. Like, we wouldn't notice it. Like, it's not blatantly <laughs> obvious. Yeah, the Captain Panaka from, from Phantom Menace does not make a return. He, he was a pretty cool character. I liked him. The, the Captain dude he didn't really like the Jedi. It was, it was a good, good setup they had there. Yeah. Um... And then what I also hate about is the next scene where they all they're all in uh, Palpatine's office or whatever, and it's like the Jedi Council, <laughs> and they're all like like once again just like in the conference room. None of them say anything. It's just Mace Windu and Yoda talking, and all of them just standing around saying absolutely nothing. It's like why I'd even have them in the scene. Most of the shitting, like most of the slander that we're gonna do today, like revolves around the Jedi Council just being <laughs> useless, do just fucking useless. Paper yeah. plates, man. That's all they are, uh, and then I, I and then I'm ready. I'm gonna drop something that you guys probably don't want to hear, but it, it is the absolute truth that Count Dooku is the best side villain in any Star Wars movie that we have yet to see so far. Um, side villain, okay. yeah. Define side villain. Like I'm comparing him to like let's say, um, like a a Boba Fett. We got like Jango Fett. Darth Ball. We have um, who's that f- fat piece of garbage in uh, episodes five and six Jabba that I make fun. Yeah, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to say his name. Uh, I just he's like he's interconnected with the characters. He kind of has his insider knowledge. Like he used to be a Jedi, and he actually doesn't die in one movie like every other Star Wars villain does. We see him actually like throughout episodes two and three, and he's an interesting character. He's a powerful character. He's kind of on the inside, but he also wants to like he he kind of is like a truther, uh, but he's seen as a villain, and it's this kind of interesting dynamic of like you don't really know where he aligns, especially like when you look like retrospectively, like who he is as a character. And he's just really enjoyable. I actually of don't course hate he's, that. Yeah, and also uh, he was. I don't. I still. I hate that they killed Qui Gon Jinn because he could have been such an important part of the prequels. Yeah, I think that's what makes Episode Two even like the most disappointing because seeing Count Dooku and him interact would be very interesting because obviously the Jedi Council like is uh, like interconnected with the story and. He was just so good, and plus he had most of the screen time with like the actor Anakin. So it's just I I, I would say the most disappointing part is that we're supposed to infer the relationship of Obi Wan and Anakin, uh, which is That's kind of frustrating. Huge, 
huge like it puts a huge cloud like i'll talk about that in a second it puts a huge cloud over their relationship and makes it harder to enjoy overall go ahead yeah because that entire time on tatooine we see qui-gon jinn having this like heart to heart with him and also there's there's lots of other things too that like bother me it's like anakin is like yoda's confidant like he goes to him or yoda's anakin's a confidant and he, he goes to him for these like really important things that he's talking about versus obi-wan so we get even less interaction with them and uh i i would say you know i always like to think about especially two and three and we're not talking about three yet but how what four five and six would look like if one two three had happened and like four five six didn't exist um just be i mean because of the, because of the strain they put on this relationship with like he goes to him for these like these very important things and and you see that in episode two and i i, I always found that so interesting like yeah. that they push this relationship even further than what we saw in episode four five and six and i guess that's also a detrimental thing like i always said that they don't really do the characters well or they like they don't translate well into four five six it's kind of like its own separate thing and i guess that's kind of my biggest gripe with the prequels in general I kind of see episode two as its own standalone movie. Just in, like I don't even see it in context of episodes four, five, and six. Definitely, and like to you, you there was a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. uh, to your thing about Dooku, I actually like agree with that. Like as far awesome. as depth for like a non, the the villain of Attack of the Clones is really ambiguous. Like most of the movie is kind of presented as a mystery. And so you kind of uh, <clears throat> you kind of have like Dooku as a as more of a side villain inherently, just because he's not the central like antagonist, and his role is like super mysterious, and you don't really know to what extent he's involved. And you find out at the end that you know a, a man named Tyrannus hired Jango Fett, and then we find out at the very end of the movie that Count Dooku is Tyrannus. He's Darth Tyrannus. And so, like, it's stuff like that. So, yeah, he's got a lot more depth and he gets a lot more, like, screen time, dialogue, just all of this necessary stuff that you need for a villain to be successful in a movie, which is kind of, like, unprecedented stuff for Star Wars, especially these side villains. So, yeah, I would actually put him above, like, people like Phasma and Boba Fett and Jabba and all that shit. I would, I would, I would agree with you there. Yeah. I'm a pretty smart guy. I think... Um... Like, cannot <laughs> unpack everything else you said though it's, you, my brain exploded you said so much shit <laughs> I, and, okay well i just also want to say that i i know hayden christian takes a lot of like grief in these movies but i gotta say in episode two i really liked his range of emotions and i just i really hate anakin mm. episode three i hate what they did with the character because mm. episode two you do see a, a character progression that's understandable like he is the most powerful jedi of all time like we know that and that's what they like make it out to be. And you can see that as he gets older, as he becomes closer to being a Jedi master, he is basically bit more powerful than most of the people in the Jedi council. And he's starting to realize that on his own and it's starting to frustrate him. And you see the seeds of that kind of thing. And um, he's starting to have these powerful, these powerful force visions, which of course push him towards the dark side in the first place. He doesn't even know what the dark side is essentially because um, it's not until like it forces it down our throat in episode three that we see that Darth Sidious is like controlling him. But in episode two, you kind of see him naturally going towards it, which I think is a really nice uh, yeah. and something I really like about the movie. And that he's essentially like going to Padme, who he loves to talk about these feelings. But 
And I like that she doesn't really know what to say because like she's like, I don't know, dude. One of my darks, like, I don't know anything about the dark side. Like, she believes in him to be a Jedi too, like like through and through to the end, and even in episode three. But in episode two, you kind of see like she's like, Yeah, I, I don't know. I see you're kind of like frustrated, but you know, like believe in the Jedi Council, believe in yourself. I know you could be a great Jedi, and you know, that kind of tames him down. But again, like he as he goes down this path by himself. Especially, like, I, I would say the best scene when he goes to get his, his mother, um, like, he, and he kills all these, uh, uh, the sand, the sand people, uh, we, we finally get the first glimpse into, like, what Darth Vader is and, like, kind of where he comes from, and it's, it's interesting to think about what he would have become, like, had Darth Sidious not even been in the picture, like, what kind of dark side he would have gone down, because, the Jedi Council essentially couldn't tame him, even though he had such respect for the Jedi Council. And you can see that a lot in this movie, like yeah, that he takes the advice of Yoda. Yeah. If, if it wasn't Darth Sidious, it would it would have been the Jedi Council just being idiots. Yeah. All right, my my issue with Anakin in this in this movie is more so centered around the relationship between him and Obi Wan, because it's like it's super cringeworthy at times. Yeah. You know. Like just the the moments they have, just Anakin just being blindly, def- like seemingly blindly defiant to Obi Wan for no actual reason. Like An- like Ob- Anakin is like a dick to to Obi Wan, and if your big blow off for that is like this massive fight between them, and we're supposed to like really have this like the context of their relationship in our minds that during their entire fight in Episode Three, it's harder to put that in perspective when I analyze the like the way they interact with one another in Attack of the Clones because like. They start this movie, Anakin's like an asshole to Obi-Wan. And by the end of that movie, none of that really gets workshopped at all. It, they're really like, their relationship is pretty much static for, for this entire movie. And the way they went about it is so, it's strange to me. Yeah. Well, I think Anakin has his most defined of Obi-Wan or when they're not together, when he's speaking to Padme and everything. Because I really enjoyed Anakin and Obi-Wan early on in the movie together when they had the chase on the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And that was a really was good scene. Yeah, I'm disappointed they just strayed away from that. For the rest of the movie, they just break off, and then it becomes a love story on Naboo, and then Anakin with his mom, and then Obi Anakin and Obi Wan finally come back together at the very end of the movie under Genosis. And I, I love everything Spencer was talking about. And Anakin Tatooine, Anakin on Tatooine is probably my favorite like moment of the entire movie. I also like this interaction. Anakin has of Obi Wan when he finally is defined to him in person, but it's he it's with reason. He uh, Padme just fell out of the ship, and he wants to uh, park the ship so he can go get her. But Obi Wan is talking about you're being expelled from the Jedi Council. We have to go. Uh, we have to go uh, find Dooku and kill him. If not, you know, it, it's about the Jedi have to be detached from like possession relationship. But yeah, overall, I, I did love. The thing is, I, I agree with you guys that that like first act in which they're like looking for that bounty hunter protecting Padme, especially when they get into that big chase scene is is really fun. Like, I really enjoy that, especially like when they go to the bar and there's like droid football on TV Extremely in the hilarious. bar. Yeah. And the guy's trying to sell them death. It's fucking hilarious. It's really funny stuff. And like we get more like that's pretty much all that we get as far as camaraderie, like building camaraderie between these two very central characters, the guy who ends up being Darth, like, like we have like 
we have to rely on like allusions to the future. Like Obi Wan's like, oh, why do I feel like you'll be the death of me? Get it, guys? Yeah. You get it? <laughs> do you get it? Yeah. No, they honestly should have started building this in Episode One. Yeah, and that's why we talk like we shout we shit all over that movie because like they like kept Obi Wan and Anakin separate for no real reason for that entire yeah. movie. Like they barely talk to one another, and yeah. like even in this movie, it's like they talk about moments that are like more interesting than what is like currently happening. Like the whole bounty hunter thing is cool. And then they split up, but like in the elevator, like in that first scene where they're introduced, like Obi-Wan is talking about Anakin saving him from a nest of gun darks. Like, why don't you show us that shit? Like what? Yeah. Why are we watching this? Yeah. You know? So that's, Everything that's my biggest like issue. Out of place in mm-hmm. this movie. First it's Amidala talking about she, she's being hunted. Oh, Padme, Padme's being hunted, and then it breaks off to a chase scene, and then it's a love story between Anakin and Padme, and then it's Anakin find, looking for his mom, and it's a heartbreaking tragedy, and then he's called back to uh, no, nah, and then Obi Wan finds a clone army, which he just accepts out of nowhere. I thought that's well, let's we'll talk like, about someone's that. Be, yeah, someone's being you, you're being told prepare two hundred thousand people for an army for you, just accept it, and Jedi Council would say yeah, that's fine, don't worry about it. And then the the end of the movie, it's Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan being captured, and the Jedi show up, and then the army shows up as well. It's, it's just it, everything. I love this movie just because there are scenes I, I, I love to see, but in, as a whole context, a, a streamlined, it, it, it didn't make too much sense to me. It's the, it's the patent, like, George Lucas, like, formula it's like i'm gonna have these great concepts and ideas and then when it's time to execute them i'm just gonna fumble really bad yeah and like that's my biggest thing i want to i keep circling back to this relationship between anakin and obi-wan because it's like regardless of how important the movie treats it it is incredibly important it's an important aspect of star wars like yeah it's no matter how you no, no two bones about it like it's important and and they needed to like take better care of that relationship in this in this trilogy and they didn't do that like anakin seems to just hate and resent Obi, like from the start of the movie and throughout like based on their interactions and just by the end of that movie those seem that seems to be the state of affairs and we'll talk about how that changes in episode three but like that just didn't feel like like it feel like we we wasted time like this movie could have been better if they had just a better organization of of the time they, they they dedicated to specific you know elements of the plot yeah i so i want to give a quick shout out to jar jar binks who i actually found kind of funny in this this guy, he they didn't give him license to hijack the except when he, he did except oh, when he did yeah. and just doomed the republic <laughs> yeah in, in the in the vote spence what are your thoughts on uh your dose of jar jar in this movie uh he, he's so forgettable in the movie which i guess is a good thing and i i think that's what he should have been in that first episode like i said he was meant to be a comedy relief which means that you come in to relieve things not to be there the entire time forever you know and that's a huge difference in this movie where he kind of just the thing I, is like comes in and just gives a little sprinkle of the shit that he does the thing is the role is still drastically reduced like it's from from the previous movie to this movie incredibly like just way less jar jar that we got like the first time around 
but in like what he actually ends up doing in the movie is like fucking huge. It's huge. So like if you don't know what we're talking about, like Jar Jar, like Padme has to be escorted off of Coruscant because her life is in danger. Obviously, she's there was an assassination attempt against her. Perfect. Fine. All right. Got it. She leaves her like she leaves Jar Jar in charge as like her representative. Like he represents Padme's thoughts. And so the Palpatine seeing this, he's like, well, all right, this should be a fucking walk in the park. He just easily, most easy, easy thing in the world for him just convinces Jar Jar to just vote in favor of creating a grand army of the Republic, which essentially just dooms the Jedi and sets us down the path towards creating the galactic empire. So Jar Jar Binks ruined the galaxy. Barely in the movie, still manages to ruin all of Star Wars. Yeah. Another scene <laughs> I really liked is when Obi-Wan goes to the diner to, to speak to... I love Dexter Jetster, man. Going. Dexter Jetster. Uh, That's the guy he goes to see? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's a scene that's been done so in so many movies. It's, you know, it's a cop trying to find like underground nation, mm-hmm. whatever. Someone that's seemingly connected to, to the underground world. But in the context of Jedi, I just find it hilarious. It's world building because uh, we we haven't seen like the Jedi Council operate like this in Coruscant, the original trilogy. So it, it does open up a bit in a funny, funny, a funny overdone way. I love that it's like a 1950s like Route 66 style diner just in the yeah. middle of Coruscant. Like makes no sense. The fucking droid waiter. Who's like rolling around screaming at everybody? Those yeah. my like that's one of the biggest memes from this movie. Like that, I feel like no one even talks about. Uh-huh. You want a cup of Jawa juice? I that's <laughs> ingrained in my memory for the rest of time. Yeah, Spencer. Anything else on Attack of the Clones? What do you got? I hate the way. Uh, uh, what's his name? Dies. Uh, Jenga Fett. <laughs> so Mace late. Windu, there's a commonality for a bunch of <laughs> shitty things in Star Wars, and it's just Mace Windu. No, I, I, I don't even care that it was Mace Windu who did it necessarily. It's just like, okay, here we go. You had this massively popular character in the originals called Boba Fett, and it was cool because he's mysterious and he had this cool armor, but it was kind of lame how he died. So you introduce a guy who's <laughs> exactly the same. It's the, it's the same character. Instead, and you, and you kill him in an equally as lame way, where he just stands there, <laughs> waits for Mace Windu just to run up on him, and then chops his head off. Yeah. It's like it's funny because like it, man. Mace Windu's like running at him, like not he's not even like sprinting. It's like a it's like a light trot towards Django Fett, and Django's <laughs> shooting him with his pistols. It's like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> Come on, man. He has a jetpack on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Pitiful. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty underwhelming. But I do love the scene where the, all the Jedi are fighting. That's kind of the first ever scene we get of that in Star Wars. My favorite. It's the last, it's the last we get of that too. My favorite part of uh, Jango Fett's death is afterwards, like after the battle is over, and Boba goes and picks up the helmet, like, and he's like holding his head against the helmet. And I'm like, his fucking head is still in there, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what just, I was thinking too. Just to take care of that. <laughs> I'm surprised like he's holding it downwards. I'm surprised Jago's head just doesn't fall out of the bottom of the helmet. <laughs> that, that definitely that thought definitely crosses my mind. Dude, let's talk about uh we could talk a little bit about the Jedi Council. We can talk a little they more suck. about the Jedi Council. 
Like they're all I guess I guess it'd be better saved for talk because they're more prominent in Avengers of the Sith, so we could talk. I guess we should probably talk about it uh, yes when we men. move on. Yeah. Yeah. When we move on to Revenge of the Sith, I actually do want to talk about the clone army. Like yeah. the entire idea of the clone army, the fact that it doesn't arouse suspicion to the Jedi is just <laughs> fucking crazy. Like like I understand that you have to try and make it like you have to make the Jedi seem flawed in order for this entire prequel trilogy to work because like if they're just like these altruistic like like guys who you know had this omnipresence about everything it really doesn't make any sense for them to like to have been purged and to lose this war and to allow the empire to rise so they had to be like idiots to a degree they didn't have to be this fucking stupid i think i feel like they didn't have to be this dumb but they were yeah like you have obi-wan go out and like i don't even know like what the story with sifo deus is like i don't even understand I don't know if it, like I still to this day like if you explain Sifo-Dyas's role in creating the clone army it still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else I feel like I've kind of figured out with how like the clone army was created. Like I, I think I get it, but the Sifo-Dyas inclusion of it I don't fucking understand. So Sifo-Dyas goes to Kamino and orders an army for the Republic. Got it. Need a template. Count Dooku, former Jedi, goes out as he turns to the dark side and <clears throat> hires Jango Fett to be the template for this clone army for the Republic, right? He approaches Jango Fett under the pseudonym uh, of Tyrannus, which is his Sith Lord name, obviously. It's Count Dooku's Darth Tyrannus. And so no one ever knows that Count Dooku and Darth Tyrannus are the same person for like the entire fucking time of the prequels, right? Yeah. Like the audience knows that. But then it's just like, okay, a man named Tyrannus hired me or hired this bounty hunter to be the template for a clone army that was created in secret by a Jedi for the Republic. All right, cool. Let's use it. Let's let's go. We need we need an army. Like what like perfect. Where are your like where are the red flags? Where are your like where are your like checks for this kind of stuff? You're not going to investigate the fact that you have this massive fucking army out of nowhere exactly when you need it, right when the Republic is about to vote on the creation of a war or not the creation of a war, creation of a, a grand army for the Republic. Like they're literally talking about this the entire movie. Like it's like one of the key subplots in this movie is that like Padme is trying to introduce legislation to prevent the creation of an army for the Republic. And Chancellor Palpatine keeps pushing for an army to be created because he feels like the conflict is mounting further and further. And then, conveniently, out of nowhere, Yoda shows up with an entire battalion of clones right when they need it, right when this thing is about to get voted on. Like, and that doesn't, it doesn't concern any of the Jedi. Like, what? What? It does it. It's breaking my brain, guys. Yeah. Am I like the, the Jedi need to end? They need to end. Like Luke was right. Yeah. They shouldn't have stopped him, man. Ray's just gonna continue one. this. She's gonna continue the so. cycle. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think um, so. I really think the Jedi are gonna be reformed if they do come back. I think that doesn't make sense. Like I the Tatooine Anakin scene was my favorite, especially Anakin wasn't wrong in my opinion. Any rational person would have done something similar to that. Maybe not completely mass murder when you talking about the women and the children, but 
like I, I I understood that. And then it's like the, the Jedi expect him not to be attached to his mom. Just give her give it up. Um, or attached to the way. only other woman in his life that he's ever met. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been to slavery to, together and everything. Which Incel I found behavior from Anakin, by the way. Yeah, no. If you're, <laughs> <laughs> if the Jedi just like pick up Anakin to like, train him to be a Jedi, you you have to free his mom too. That, that that's gonna be lingering on his on his mind for the rest of his life. But... Here's the thing: I was doing some uh some war work as I as I'm known to do. Um, Kiadi Mundi, the uh, as you affectionately referred to him as Penis Face last week. Um, <laughs> he was actually allowed to have, like, to be married, like, as a member of the Jedi Council. What? Which is weird. The context is very different. It's not what you expect. It's it has to do with his species, and his species being like endangered. Yeah. And like how primitive their society is, they're at a high risk of extinction because they're just not technologically advanced, and they don't have the wherewithal to to you know preserve themselves like that and so yeah. apparently they allowed kiati mundi to have a polygamous marriage like he had like seven wives wow but the thing is they wouldn't let him develop in like emotional attachments and relationships and that kind of like strained kiati so it's like i think oh, the I jedi see. are just fucking stupid they're just gonna like they allow like they accepted anakin knowing that he had these like he had strong feelings for his mother and it's like okay uh just fucking forget about it, dude. Not every and yeah. while meanwhile, every other Jedi has the luxury of being born into the life of being a Jedi and never knowing anything else other than being a Jedi. Yeah, no, the Jedi are completely flawed. They need to. I mean, if if they just buy out Anakin's mom, you honestly probably don't have Darth Vader. Probably they don't even have to have like they didn't even have to have like shmi come to coruscant and like be with anakin while he trained to be a jedi just have her like be free and like set her up somewhere i don't know yeah i one thing i wanted to talk about was like a lot of like when when you ask people about this movie like the, the thing they dislike the most is um the romance between anakin and padme and honestly looking back it's not the absolute worst thing in the world to me like there's a lot of cringe in the way like just like in the first act of the movie, Anakin is like a fucking like he is a sex offender in this in the first like act of Attack of the Clones. The way he looks at Padme and she's like, please stop. Like, please stop yeah. that. It's making me very uncomfortable. Like, it's very cringe. And I didn't like that like at all. And I think that it was just a mix of just like, what are you, what is the direction of this? And then like it not like not being expertly acted on Hayden's part. But yeah. There were like when it really starts to build and it becomes more mutual, like you can really buy into these like these two people in a relationship. But what I think like sets it back just keeps it from being actually like truly believable and like you can like really buy into it is like like we I I don't know if we addressed this when we talked about Phantom Menace, but the fact that like Anakin was like a nine year old boy in Phantom Menace and Padme is like 14, 15 years old, like make them the same age. If they had been the same age, if they had been the same age from the start, especially in Phantom Menace, you could plant the seeds of their relationship and their love, like, yeah, almost immediately in that movie. Like, you can make it like Anakin has a crush on Padme or whatever the fuck, and then they had like it makes it way more believable that for ten years Anakin thought about Padme every single day, and 
like had been longing for her this entire time. It makes it believable that a 15 year old boy would think that rather than a fucking nine year old. This nine year old boy was like <laughs> having wet dreams about Pat. Like if it's if it sounds weird because like it, it that's that's the image that it puts in your mind. It sounds fucking weird. And so I think that that was like one of the biggest things that held the held this back. It could have been actually a really compelling relationship because love in Star Wars is something that I think is like really powerful, especially like in between, like with Han and Leia and how that's evolved over the over the course of the movies and you know the I just the relationships relationships are important in in Star Wars and this one got held back because of a very like because George Lucas wanted to have a nine-year-old blow up a droid command ship like come on man like what are we doing <laughs> yeah Spencer. I, I want to get Spencer's thoughts on yeah quick, but just I, I when I was watching Attack on the Clones I completely agree with you guys that Anakin should have been older in Phantom Menace. It would have made a lot more starting that, getting a head start on that love story. Instead of getting like these very cringe Shakespearean monologues on Naboo, when he's confessing his love to, to Padme, it was god awful. It's Shit was heavy. Shakespearean. It's just, <laughs> that, that's, they, he's he speaking in like, from speaking from in poems races. for no reason. Yeah, it, was, it completely threw me off. Spencer, what are your thoughts on the on the relationship between Padme and Anakin? And this, yeah, uh, the, the first two? like twenty minutes of the movie, it's it's really bad. And I, honestly, just the whole idea that they send Anakin to be like her main protector, which is like an awful idea because he loves her, and like they should be able to sense that pretty easily. I thought that was pretty stupid, but they do it so they can develop this relationship. But yeah, it's super cringy in the beginning just because of how much he's onto her. But when she's like I'd say it, it transitions like when they're at that fire, like when they're talking over the fire, she kind of admits that she kind of feels the same way. Uh, and it becomes a little more genuine, a little more like actually cute. And especially when they go onto the flower field and stuff like that, where they're kind of just goofing around. Being yeah, kids. I love that. That's, it's good. I, I don't know what, what was going on in the beginning, to be honest with you. It was pretty crazy. I don't. I don't know. It was kind of scary, dude. It was creepy. I, I, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Anakin's a. Creep. But then it gets cute. Then it's like an actual love story. Yeah. yeah. I really so I love when they're on that boot and Anakin starts talking about a dictatorship. Dude, that was crazy. That was crazy. That. Yeah, I think he was just, just kidding. He he wasn't kidding. Like, deep every, like I don't know. Like, it I was like one of those that. jokes. I <laughs> I felt like it was one of those jokes where it's like, I'm kidding, but hey, maybe. No, maybe. I didn't see that. I got, I, 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 I got that he was genuinely just kidding around on that. I don't, I don't know. know I got it off as the, the rest of the events. Serious. The yeah. rest of the events of the saga, I think, would, uh, <laughs> would dictate. <laughs> no, I got, yeah, I we'll got get hating on the pod after serious. this. And then had me like, huh, you're kind of joking. And he's like, yeah, maybe. Like, he was Unless. Off of it. Yeah. Uh, Unless. JK. Unless. <laughs> but I, I i really love that part we'll have to get hayden on the pod we'll have to break him out of that prison that <laughs> south american that peruvian jail and uh and get get a definitive answer he's like you ever you ever watch prison break no oh my god spencer have you seen prison break i have not okay well i'll i'll just throw this out prison break season one is really excellent but they're in like no a pretty like standard american jail very good. He uh, he's trying to break his brother out of the jail. Season two is there on the run. I think it's season three. They're locked up in a random South American jail. <laughs> <That's what laughs> <I'm trying to. laughs> 
there's like absolutely like no law in there. They just whatever. They... <laughs> it completely threw me off the the the, the, the direction of the show. Man, this this movie just caught me by surprise, man. Is there anything else you guys like want to talk about specifically about it? Like, is there anything? I love that any scene at the end when they're on have. the uh, on the ship where Padme falls off, and Anakin's <laughs> like, he's like, we gotta stop. Like, there's like we got there's we have no choice, even though they're chasing Dooku. And Obi Wan's like, dude, like, you gotta control your emotions, man. Like, you could like we'll expel you from the Jedi Order, like if you fucking do this. And he kind of like reins him in, and I thought that was kind of an interesting part. Funny and again, that's like, yeah. Anakin was like, "I don't give a shit, man. Put it down." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we know he's this like powerfully emotional character. Let's actually, yeah. um, let's talk about the fight, the fight scene. Which fight? Oh, the Genosis. Uh, no, like between Count Dooku and Anakin and Obi Wan and Yoda. This is the first time we see Yoda. Uh, I know, we, like, okay, so yeah. So now, <laughs> so now, yeah, we can talk about uh, your guys' misplaced hatred for CGI Yoda. <laughs> no, like, ten years later, this, this Yoda, proper... this same Yoda, is supposed to be the guy who can't is... fucking walk. <laughs> this is the proper. <laughs> He's literally <laughs> doing backflips and shit, man. <laughs> this is your proper forum to to discuss your misplaced hatred for for Yoda CGI dies Yoda. from mid, Here's not my... ten years later, man. Here's my thing. Um. I think this this is a weird fight. I think the the lightsaber fight at the end of this movie is weird. Can we agree on that? Like, am I? It's just like I it love feels it when Anakin like, has a lightsaber. I think that part was really cool. Sure, yeah, I think beautiful. the pacing, whatever, dude. <laughs> the pacing <laughs> of it, <laughs> the pacing is feels weird. Like it doesn't feel urgent. It feels like these guys are all very casually like sword fighting. Well, because like, no I don't one... think Count wants to kill them. There's just, no, but there's just like no intensity, and Count Dooku doesn't want to kill them. I think, like specifically Anakin, because I think Count Dooku is hip, hip to the jig on Anakin from the very beginning. Yeah, on like what the big plan is for him, but like <clears throat> it just doesn't like Count Dooku obviously is not um, going in for the kill on either of these guys. He had chances to kill Obi Wan and Anakin many points, and he didn't do it. So like, but it still you, just you feels think- like there's no aggression. It just feels like they're like bored. While they're yeah. sword fighting, and there's this really weird. I'll, I'll... wanted to. My, my go bad. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say like there's just like one weird shot like when uh yeah. when Anakin like cuts the lights off in the in the ship hangar, and like there's just their faces like it's a wide shot of their faces, and the lightsabers are just twirling around. It's like very much not like it's like edited. Like, the lightsabers are edited into the shot. It just looks very strange to me. I just that's that's one thing I just couldn't I can never get over when I watch this movie. Sorry, Fredo, go ahead. No, that was my bad. But you think Count Dooku just did not want to kill Obi-Wan because he wanted to like for him as well? Because he was speaking about his master and the respect he had for him. Uh, being yeah, a, he wanted to turn him in the in the beginning of the movie when he had him in that little force field thing. He's like yeah. he's like, dude, Obi-Wan was my or uh Qui-Gon was my uh apprentice, just like you were his and he he wants yeah, to, yeah. he wanted him to be like hip to the whole like scene because he knew Qui Gon probably knew like a lot more about the whole like spiel. Anyways, yeah, it's a trooper thing you were talking about. But yeah, no, I, I really I, I think that's what made Dooku really interesting in the beginning of the movie because it he's not like completely like anti- antagonistic. He, he, you know, maybe he just has different ideals because we've been he's like an independent player in the whole game, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, guys. I just got really distracted. I was watching a video of Ninja struggling to cut two slices of bread off of a loaf. <laughs> He's nice. such a dork. Also, what I find I'm really sorry. ridiculous in episode two, <laughs> episode two, like you're watching it and you can just tell yourself, Palpatine, this guy is definitely Darth Sidious. And in episode one, you know, you, you, can, you wouldn't be that. able to tell. Yeah. See, yeah. I think they do a better job of, um, of kind of connecting the dots between Palpatine and Insidious in this movie. Like, it's a little more obvious. Well, I think it's like, but the still, cat's out of the bag, like everyone knows. Yeah. Well, the audience. No, but like, member. that's the issue with um, The Phantom Menace is because, like, you know how we, we talked about, like, nobody fucking knows who The Phantom Menace is in, like, it's really not clear who The Phantom Menace is in, uh, in that movie, like, who they're referring to. And that was like a shortcoming of the movie because it was supposed to like obvi- pretty obviously supposed to be Palpatine, but there was like never really like a definitive like shaping out of that kind of like underlying narrative. And this is it's more like it's still not really defined in this movie, but it's more so like it's a little more prominent. You can like you can it makes it easier for like the audience to connect the dots in this movie than it did in episode one, in my opinion. Yeah. Any uh, what else do we got? Do you got anything else on uh, Attack of the Clones, or do we want to move on? We can move on. I guess I one think. quick thing is uh, Anakin on Tatooine when he kills the Tusken Raiders. I wish they showed it. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, he was he was yeah. going ham. Yeah, I would have liked to see the massacre like show off to the audience like what this guy is truly capable of instead of just because yeah, he pops out and takes out two heads. Head. Yeah. <laughs> see, also, people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, um, Spencer pointed out earlier, but it's v- extremely ridiculous how Shmi just dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <She's out. laughs> like he times it so perfectly that she's been—he hasn't seen her in ten years, and then the moment he decides to go back, she dies in his arms in that second. <laughs> yeah, it's the a way very she, heartbreaking scene. It's incredible. The, the line she says that you know I'm complete now, but then she just dies. It just—I don't know. It it, it it kills the scene a little bit. But yeah, the she way she did when he got there, the way she dies too is kind of hilarious. <laughs> like he's holding her in his arms, and like she just drops her head like very dramatically down. Like, okay, guys, I'm dead now. Yeah, no, but I agree. And like, um, the Tuscan Raiders, like the the slaughter should have been more definitive. We should not have had should have been less of an illusion to the to the fact that Anakin killed all these people, but. As as much as people like to uh, poo on Star Wars for for Disney making it like whatever alterations that Disney has made to it, that was a decision that feels like it was exclusively made in the interest of preserving uh, toy sales. Yeah, it's like oh, you can't sell Anakin toys if he goes through and kills all these innocent people, like that kind of thing. Well, they weren't yeah, innocent; they were honestly, animals. What I w- the women and the children is... too. Yeah, all no. Animals. In re- reference to that, I wish he just went on his little massacre maybe killed off like 10 15 of them but then when he's like challenged with uh, like facing a child or woman then you cut off the scene Ooh, that would have been cool you had it like the uh you had it like the uh like in uh episode three (laughs) what do you (laughs) nice lightsaber yeah but it's different because in episode does he actually go through with it episode three like you know yeah yeah and then you can find out later that he actually did kill them which is yeah, a nice little uh, nice little wrinkle to add there. Yeah, I like that. 
Any, uh, I'd say, uh, let's 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 structure this like a Mando review. MVP of this movie. MVP. Mm-hmm. MVP of Attack of the Clones. You know, I always go back to how much I love Obi Wan's performance in the prequels. But honestly, I think for Episode Two, it's it's Anakin. I really loved him throughout the movie. I didn't, I didn't think I I, I liked him as much as I did prior to this viewing. I like um. What do you got, Spence? Natalie Portman. She's looking like a snack. One hundred percent of the movie, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it, re- it kind of is. Like when you look back, I don't think I, I was a kid, and I, so I didn't appreciate it. But now, like watching it, like a couple days ago, I was like, man, there's there's a lot going on there, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm about that. <laughs> so you couldn't appreciate Natalie Portman when you were a kid, but clearly Anakin was. <laughs> maybe the fella had the right idea man yeah, maybe, maybe it was worth something. maybe it was worth dooming the galaxy <laughs> over <laughs> uh, it's great. hard for me to it's hard for me to answer this question on mvp of this movie is because like this is the first time i've kind of ever really seen this in its in 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 the light that i have in which like you know i enjoy the movie so it it always kind of felt like obi-wan but i'm not really uh I'm not sure. I don't think it'll ever be a member of the Jedi Council. I don't think I'll ever, as long as like, as long as there is a Jedi Council, I don't think there will ever be an, an episode, like an MVP. Like we'll, we'll start doing Clone Wars eventually when that starts to pick back up, like in February. And I think we'll start doing episode MVPs then. But uh, yeah. I, I, even then it will be hard to, to give the Jedi Council episode MVPs then. Um, I guess I'll go with Obi-Wan. I just think that he's a, such a, like he feels like the main character of this movie sometimes. Yeah. Even like it's just like because a such a large chunk of this movie is him like investigating this mystery of the clones and all of that kind of stuff, and so him just acting it really well, like he really just he he embraces the Obi Wan Kenobi character so much, dude. Like it's masterclass is it's what we've been calling yeah, it. Lately. He feels exactly like the same Obi-Wan from episode mm-hmm. four. Like, and that's really a hallmark of him, like like really doing his homework and really being dedicated to the role. Um, yeah. Ewan McGregor, man, he's fantastic. I can't wait for that show. Yeah. I just wish we had more com- camaraderie between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah, we see it in episode thing. three. No, yeah. dude, because by then it feels forced. And like, we'll talk about that right now, actually. So Force, you say? Shut up. Well, anyway, they, they should have started the camaraderie. And was that you cut off? They probably should have started it off in episode one. Yeah, it's the biggest thing. It's like a whole lot of the. See, this is why this is why we're bumping Phantom Menace down. Phantom Menace yeah. officially in here in the High Council chamber of the Blue Milk Boys Discord server. We are officially bumping the Phantom Menace down to the worst Star Wars movie easily bang the gavel it's done it's over can't go back phantom well, menace is the worst if you guys are completely right on the age they made anakin a little bit older perfect i honestly also think they should have like merged qui-gon and obi-wan into like one character i understand there's a master and apprentice but his character they could have started the the partnership in episode and it could have carried on in, into the next few movies yeah so because qui-gon alive something like that like yeah. Either like, either have Qui Gon be alive, or like don't have him in the story at all, and have it be focused on An- on Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah. No, they could have merged them, especially Count Dooku and uh, Qui Gon would have been interesting in Episode Two and Three. 
Yeah, you could have even had like Obi Wan. Yeah, if like if Obi Wan and Qui Gon were like the same character, and you just called him Obi, and like Count Dooku was still his master. That could have been a more interesting wrinkle as far as like, okay, we're not getting introduced to like, you lose Darth Maul, so what? Like, who cares? Yeah, it's fine. You'll find a double. You'll find a place to put a double bladed lightsaber series, whatever. <laughs> I think like really that could have like fixed everything. Just like it all starts at Phantom Menace. I think Phantom Menace just gets off to such a weird start for the prequels that it kind of just permeates downwards or upwards, whatever, and kind of just like adversely affects the rest of these movies. It's sad. It's a sad sight. It is because I feel like we could have all enjoyed these movies a little bit more they had just executed if one to two things had just gone the di- gone a different way in that movie yeah so is that our is that gonna be it for attack of the clones fellas yeah that's it for me good that's movie a, that's the that's the final verdict here we we started with that it's i like it better yeah. than better than uh better than we remember i think we can all say that hey guys kevin here editing the podcast don't mind me uh i know i said at the beginning of this episode that we would cover episodes two and three but that would have resulted in like a two and a half hour long podcast with how long we ended up recording for. And that's just insane for, uh, for us to expect anyone to listen to that long of a podcast this early on in, uh, in our show's life. So what we're going to do is split the podcast up into two halves with, this, uh, with the episode on Revenge of the Sith coming out later in the week before the chapter six of Mandalorian comes out. So uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode on Attack of the Clones, and we hope to see you a little later in the week for the episode on Revenge of the Sith. Thanks for listening as always, guys, and we'll see you soon.